Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Garrigan. I want to note that if you're binging this, I, that we, it's okay. We we meant to say welcome back as no, well. No, I purposely said welcome. We like, want to make sure that the welcome and welcome back, that anybody, whatever you're expecting, that you feel included yes. and, and represented when you're listening to this inclusive- podcast podcast both welcome and welcome back oh my gosh we've got a great episode today i'm so excited and the fact that he said yes within like about five minutes of asking says a lot bobby we shouldn't tell them what's happening yet except they probably already read it in the title description unless they're binging and it's just automatically auto rolling into the next episode then they have no idea no i'm excited we are bringing on dr lawrence yoon um nar's chief economist and he's actually one of the top 10 economists in the U.S., any industry. They continually have him on national news stories because he just, he gets the economy. So we're going to talk about, everybody's talking about the sky is falling, the sky is falling. We're freaking out over what's happening in the real estate market. And Lawrence is going to come down and lay in the truth with us. And I'm super excited about this because I actually just did a training with one of the brokerages that I coach uh, earlier this week. And we like had like a little bit of a truth moment of like, what is actually inflation? What is a recession? Are we headed into a recession? And if we are, is that a scary thing? You know, like yeah, we and, are heading into one, but, <laughs> but the reason we're headed into one is That's a recession right. is two straight quarters of decline in GDP. We right. just had the three highest quarters of GDP in our nation's history ever. So yeah. we can be in a recession and still have the fourth greatest GDP we've ever had in our nation's history. So those things, it says it. So just a recession in and of itself necessarily isn't a bad thing. Um, and we talked about a recession doesn't necessarily equal a housing crisis. Actually, housing price drops last time in 2008 is actually what caused the recession, not the recession causing the pricing drops. No, so no, most recessions, actually, housing went up. So it does. I'm sure we're going to talk about all of these things when yeah. Lawrence comes on, Bobby. Because so I don't want to be like acting like I know all these things. Someone else put the stats together and I just read the stats. And we're going to rely class on class at a brokerage. And now you're Lawrence Yoon. We're going <laughs> to listen. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. I love that, I love that little YouTube. Listen, Linda. So cute. So cute. Um, so what's going on with you? Well, not a whole lot. But I mean, you kind of left a bomb on us at the last episode. You're going to London. So uh, podcast guest, friend friend of the podcast, Maura Neal. You can just uh, abbreviate to pod, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> Maura Neal was accepted to go speak over in uh, at the REMAX Europe convention. So it's a convention for all REMAX agents in Europe. And it's in Cannes, France at the end of September. And her, she's going to be in Madrid the week before, and the husband doesn't want to stay an extra week in the South of France because, you know, their life is so pathetic and horrible that he wants to come home. So she's going to fly from Madrid to London. I'm going to fly from Kansas City to London. We're going to meet up for three days in London, and then we're going to go to Paris for a day, and then we're going to go to the South of France for three more days. We may take a day trip over to Saint-Tropez and a day trip over to Monaco. Um, and you know, it's going to be a very horrible life there. The, the hotel that the Remax Europe people are putting her up in is $1,500 a night and has a two-star Michelin restaurant in the hotel itself. So life's going to really suck because 
all because her husband didn't want to go on the trip. So if I get to be here plus one. Well, I'm obviously very jealous of this, but but also for those of you, which is all of you who aren't <laughs> able to see Bobby, the wrist flicks as the she was flicks. describing what well, she's doing. I mean, just like full on wrist flicks. It was to be fair. I always have wrist flicks. You just don't always <laughs> notice them oh. as much. I always noticed them, but it was, these were so perfect. They were, they were so perfect. pronounced. Yeah. Well, here's the problem because Bora's already got into like full on trip planning details to the point that she can't decide which uh, high tea we should go to in London because there's just so many good ones that she's like, should we go to this one or this one or this one? And I'm like, pick one. I don't care. I think at this point we're looking at the Savoy is where we're probably going to go for our high tea um, on the Saturday when we're there. So that's. That's, fun. I know. Oh, I'm Lord. excited. I've never been to Europe. This is like, I've traveled a lot of different places. I've done a lot of different things, but Europe has never like been something that was even a possibility of things I could go to or afford or do. And yeah, it's happening. Maybe, hopefully. That's going to be so fun. I, yeah. so I miss Europe. I haven't been to Europe in a long time, but we really enjoyed going. And then once COVID hit, obviously it's been in several make four years since we've gone but yeah. been on we went on a mediterranean cruise last time Ooh! so what all was, countries did you see when you did that so we started in barcelona and we went to france and we went to italy and i've been to both france and italy but i kind of hated france okay uh the first time i went because i was in paris mm. and you know paris is fine there isn't anything wrong with paris it's just very different then yeah. like we were in nice and there were all these different places we went it was so beautiful um really enjoyed it so anyway but i miss it yeah. i want to go back i want to go with my parents because mm -hmm. like i don't know i feel like they don't, haven't been traveling enough these are all they've only been to europe one time and that's sad to me i think you need to make a plan for 2023 family trip to europe i think that's the objective the so, gearings go to europe that's you right we will leave the kids at home. Yes, 100%. They won't just, enjoy it, nor will they no. remember it. And you'll have a horrible experience like you did in San Diego all over again, but worse exactly. because you're in Europe. Exactly. <laughs> they, can, they can come with me when they'll care. When they can you drink know? the wine and eat the pasta, then they can come join Europe. I mean, that's what the thing was, you know? I, I also really suck to travel with, as as some could Talking. imagine, because my favorite thing is to just, I don't I don't want to like go a bunch and do a bunch of stuff. I literally just want to walk. Yeah. I walk along the streets and like, and it's so beautiful and take all of that in. And I don't yeah. really care about anything else. You want to go see, but not the do. No, not really. Right. Yeah, I just want to see all of that. There's so much history just walking the streets there. You don't have that here. That yeah. isn't, you know, it's well, you have it, but it's just not as rich, not as depth, uh, not as deep. So anyway, I just want to go like on some photo walks and just take some like awesome photos and just get lost in the moment of just things you won't see here. Yeah. We don't have the level of architecture. We here don't exactly there. And so there's so much that you can do that does a doesn't cost any money mm -hmm. and b it is so inspiring yeah it's so fun so anyway can't wait to go back well you know what else is coming up that we haven't talked about i know the rpac auction we are but let's just talk about baseball for a second apparently there's a celebrity 
baseball game that's going to be a part of our pack auction? And I've already gotten in trouble because really it's softball. And oh. I've, I've, I told people it's been baseball. It's, it's softball. It's also, okay. it's also tea softball. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Which several people, when they found out that there was going to be a tea involved, they were very upset. Oh, I'm very Angela. excited, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. Well, all I I just had these these visions. Okay, for those of you who don't know, part of our auction this year is going to be uh, Michael Pierce and I are going to be captaining. I don't know if that's coaching. a verb or not. We're going to be coaching. I don't I don't know if we're coaching or not. We're they doing not captains on baseball teams, softball teams. They're called coaches. That's who managers. We're managing two teams, and. Uh, we're, I don't know, and uh, we're you're talking sports, and it's not in your it's not it in your realm. Work. That's hilarious, and actually. Michael and I are going to be stage managing two teams, <laughs> um, and so <laughs> sorry, I can't wait till intermission. Um, the so we're going to go head to head though, which is going to be awesome, and I'm really excited about it. But Angela Lofton, in particular, was very upset that it isn't like there's not going to be pitching because apparently she was a pitcher when she played softball in eighth grade and i'm sorry and she's probably listening because she she is a listener i'm sorry but if you wanted to pitch because you were a pitcher in eighth grade i know for a fact that you're gonna hit brenda oliver in the face with that ball and and at that point we're all gonna feel like this was a terrible idea and we're not going to raise any money <laughs> so we yeah, i'm pretty sure our liability insurance would not cover us having <laughs> no. actual pitching happening i would, I would going think on. not especially no. not if your only qualifications are that you did it literally 30 years ago yeah and you know my favorite part of all this oh so first off the auction <laughs> is august 18th so by the time this episode comes out you still have time to sign up to attend to see the 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 this that this will be um keeping <laughs> my words real clean here um but the best part of all this is i found out earlier today because there was a social media post recently that talked about alex and michael drafting their teams and i found out i got drafted by alex and so i am super excited to know that alex chose me and pierce i, did. I got words for pierce because he didn't draft me but you you oh, got man. me because we're like that. Mm -hmm. Well, we're and and I knew that if I got you, you would be so angry with Michael that it would only enhance the competitive oh, yeah. nature of our team. We're going to yeah. destroy him now just yeah. because he didn't pick you. They're probably going to be called the shark skin suits or something silly like that because Oh yeah. You think he'll he'll wear a suit, won't he? When he's out there in the we, middle of the summer, he'll be in a full 378 piece suit just full on because he doesn't wear anything else. Right. No, that's, that's probably true. Yeah. I mean, I did go to a Royals game with him once where he actually wore normal clothing, but that's the only time in the entire, like, I think I've known him 13 years now that I've ever seen him in something other than a suit. I ran into him at, uh, he was walking into the AMC. I was uh -huh. at town center. He was walking into the AMC, uh, with his son. And so I got to meet his son, but he was wearing like, a sweatsuit. What? He was wearing like Please tell me you took a photo joggers. Of this. Well, I can't, no, I can't, I, I can't wrap my brain around this. He was, it blew my mind. 
you're mm-hmm. oh, oh you're telling me you've got a book bit now well, i'm looking so at the time it used to be that bobby would say something like you know what time it is alex and she didn't i know but i was like, trying no to what. like subtly now, do it so you could like you just work your way on over there and like work it into the conversation you know she waves it like a banner to let me know we it's, have four minutes before dr yoon is on and i'm trying true. to make it through and we do need to honor his time so do 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 bobby's book casey well since we're having an economist on i thought it'd be only um appropriate that we talk about the book freakonomics which in the past our episode uh first season we did super freakonomics so um alex is laughing at the have you never heard of freakonomics Seriously? It's an amazing book. Of course I've heard of Freakonomics. I'm laughing about the fact that you picked Freakonomics, but it's, keep going. <laughs> Anyways, they have a going. podcast too. I I know they do. They got a they got a show too. You can watch all the things. All right. So Freakonomics helps you make better decisions by showing you how your life is dominated by incentives and how to really tell the difference between correlation and causation, which is one of the things I think we're probably going to talk about today, recession and housing crisis, correlation, causation, whatever. Um, But book, a quote from the book, morality, it could be argued, represents the way that people would like the world to work, whereas economics represents how it actually does work. Whoa, that's a little deep for us here this late in the afternoon. So let's move on to our three lessons from the book. The very first one is there are three kinds of incentives that dominate your life's choices. Incentives have been dangled in front of our nose our entire lives, especially with our children. You'll get some pudding if you eat your dinner, you know, like the, my child's like, here, you can have a whole bag of M&Ms if you eat a chicken nugget, you know, whatever. Um, But an incentive is meant to get you to do more of a good thing or less of a bad thing. And it's used by anyone who tries to influence your behavior. And there's three types of typical incentives. The first one is economic, which involves a gain or loss of time and money. The second one is social, when um, chances are you'll look good in front of your peers or be isolated from them. And the third one is uh, moral incentives, which appeals to your conscious and inner drive to do the right thing. The more types of incentives that are combined, the more powerful that the incentives gets if you combine a moral and a social blah, blah, blah. The second lesson is experts are often incentivized to abuse that they know more than you do. And this is actually the reason I picked this entire book for this episode is that any transaction between humans incentives are the driving force at play. So the moment you figure out what makes the person across the table from you act the way you do, you can make better decisions. And there are a lot of systems that incentivize us or those around us to cheat. And so one of the examples in the book says, if you want to sell your house, you call a real estate agent. And it talks about the incentive that real estate agents have to cheat in the transaction because if you sell your house uh, it's better for the agent to abuse you because you may get your house to sell more quickly. So if your house is a hundred thousand dollars and you get an offer the first week, they may encourage you to take that because they make a commission off that as opposed Sorry, to waiting you- another week 
and getting $110,000 where the realtor makes just a little bit more money, the consumer would make a lot more money. So there's an incentive for a realtor possibly to cheat. And I just think it's hilarious because like, I'm like, no, I don't ever encourage my person to take a bad offer because I'll get paid faster. But that's one of the examples that they use in the book. And then the third lesson in the book is just because two things happen simultaneously does not mean that one causes the other. And that in a lot of society, we've often confused um, causation with correlation. And, um, you know, it talks about that if on the 31st of the month, a car dealer offers you a great deal on a car, you might get suspicious that he does it just so he can sell one more car and meet his quota and get a big fat bonus at the end. But you can't possibly know what actually caused him to offer you that deal just because that deal happened to correlate with being the last day of the month. He may have offered you that deal any other day of the month. So that is my book bit, Freakonomics. Let's go get Lawrence. Let's do it. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR. Bobby and I are here with Dr. Lawrence Yoon. Hi, Dr. Yoon. Hello. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you, especially as people are talking about the market as, you know, as much as they are. And with so many things uh, we were talking in our last episode about not calling it a shift. If we hear the word shift one more time, we're going to lose our minds. So we're really excited to have you to, uh, uh, talk to us a little bit about what you see happening in the economy and the real estate market at large. Uh, yeah, certainly. Maybe I will not use that word, but you know things are changing. Uh, you no know, kidding. when mortgage rate jumped from three percent of the last two years uh, to six percent, uh, you know that is a change. And given that mortgage rate is essentially lifeblood for home buying, uh, is going to constrain some of the buyers. Now, of course, we need more supply. You know, that has been the theme throughout um, probably past five years, realtors mm -hmm. all across. And um, I, you know, I get some uh, market intelligence from Bobby at uh, NAR meetings where she mentioned, yeah, we, if we had more inventory in Kansas City, we can do more sales. Uh, so there were buyers out there, but higher mortgage rate is beginning to shrink the pool of eligible buyers. Well, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were talking about the rising interest rates will keep um, buyers out of the market. Obviously, they can't afford the price of house that they want for what the mortgage payment will be now. But someone else made the comment that for that same probably uh, proportion of sellers will now choose not to sell their house because they could possibly be going from a 3% interest rate to a 6% interest rate on a new house. So we're really, we're lessening demand, but almost in the same proportion, we're also lessening supply at the same level. Is that something that you see as a possibility? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, because we saw that uh, in the past uh, experience when the mortgage rate increased, and it was not a substantial increase as this one, say mortgage rate going from say 4% to 5.5%. And when that occurred, uh, generally you find that there are some homeowners who are locked in, meaning that if they don't have to make the move, they prefer holding on to the 4% rather than house that may better fit in the different neighborhood, but they say, well, five and a half percent, maybe I will wait. You know, one interesting part is that 6% is definitely high by recent standards. Uh, but when I first uh, first purchased my home, it was at 8%. And, and that, that was one of the best decisions that I have ever made. I mean, certainly my wife and I, uh, we have enjoyed the housing wealth from that time. And then we refinance downwards because a mortgage rate goes up, 
And then he goes down. Uh, my parents, they bought their first home at 15% mortgage rate and they have come out very fine. Uh, but but certainly in terms of eligible buyers, uh, it is a smaller pool now than before. Well, and it's, it's, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that because I was have uh, you know done some research recently and looked back and over the last 40 years, the average interest rate has been 6.1%. So even though we've taken this jump from three up, we're still at historically where our average interest rate is. But what I like about the story you just told is one of our um, local lenders here in the Kansas City area, and I don't want to necessarily say her name because that might be considered promotion, but she had a Facebook post recently that said, when I bought my house, interest rates were at 6%, which was great for the time. Then I refinanced to 6% about a year later and pulled out some cash for some new windows. And then I refinanced again to 4% and then again at 3.5%. So today, 14 years later, my house payments are lower than when I first bought it. So don't think that whatever I have right now is what it's going to be forever. And her quote was, marry the house, date the rate. And I like, because we get too Love caught that. up in the moment mm -hmm. as opposed to what's the big picture. So what do you see doing this to overall housing market in the US? Are we going to see a huge decline in sales or are they just going to slowly stead steadily do with the thing? Well, the sales have been coming down uh, for five straight months, uh, you know, on a year over year basis, it's already down at the double digit percentage. Uh, and it could go down a little further before stabilizing. Uh, in that sense, uh, it moves in opposite direction with mortgage rate. So mortgage rate goes up, sales comes down. So when will the sales stabilize? Well, when mortgage rates begin to stabilize, that's when it will stabilize. Uh, one good thing about the Midwestern market like Kansas City is it is highly affordable. Uh, I know that longtime residents of Kansas City are saying, well, you know, home just a few years ago was about 200000 for a medium price. Now it is 300000 You know, that's a big jump. Uh, but 300000 from national perspective, that is still very affordable. And especially in an environment where I would say what I call the new economy of work from home. Now, it's not 100%. But say even at the 5% additional of among US workers who can work from home, they're saying, why am I stuck in this small townhouse in San Francisco when I can buy a mansion out in Kansas City? Uh, so people who have that full flexibility will want to take opportunity of affordable markets. Well, and to that point, people talk all the time about how prices seem so high right now, but do you feel like there's any indication that we're going to see declining prices anytime soon? Well, you know, Alex, that's a very valid question, uh, you know, a good question, given the, uh, the strength of the price increases, uh, because people remember what happened 15 years ago. We had the run-up in prices and then painful price decline along with foreclosures. So what are similarities and what are the differences? Well, the similarity is the price growth, but there are major differences. One big difference is that we don't have those funny, risky subprime mortgages. Thank goodness. I mean, they talk about all this credit score back then, which was lower. I don't even trust those numbers because they were doing fake income documentation and all that part. So today's buyer are sound credit quality. Uh, hence, they have to meet the ability to repay the loan criteria. So that's one big difference now versus back then. And the second big reason is 
we're undersupply, housing shortage. Back then, builders actually produced way above historical average. And when the demand fell off, there was an oversupply and the prices had to retreat downward. This time, we are still in that residual uh, housing shortage, even as the demand retreat. You know, when I speak with realtors across the country, they said, we used to have 20 offers when you list a home, but now they're getting two offers. But even a two multiple offers still implies that prices are in very solid foundation. I'm so glad you brought up new home construction because I've got a, a question specifically about that. Um, I work with a lot of builders and, and many of them are concerned that folks think that just because the prices are going up, their margins are also increasing, which of course is is not the case. And they're not pricing their homes based on uh, comps or market conditions. They're pricing their homes based on material increases. One concern that's been brought to the marketplace is that these builders are going to get caught holding the bag um, because we've got a lot of cancellations that are coming in because rates are expiring, homes aren't being completed in time, um, and uh, prices are a lot higher now than uh, than what people are interested in purchasing, not because of the the market, not because of the housing market, but because of material increases. What do you see happening with all of that? Now, I've been uh, closely looking at the data on new home construction. And certainly uh, the logic and the realities are matching up related to people who said, okay, I wanna construct this new home. Uh, and when they started that process, that was 12 months ago when mortgage rates were at 3%. So they assumed that it's gonna be something similar, uh, but uh, once home is now almost complete, they suddenly realize they cannot make the mortgage payment or the monthly payment is substantially higher. So they are canceling it. Uh, even you know losing the deposit, which is it's several thousand dollars uh, in terms of losing the deposit, uh, because they simply cannot make the payment. But one interesting uh, situation is once the home builders finishes the home, it's taking a little longer to finish the home. Maybe the garage door is, is stuck in container ship someplace and uh, not uh, arriving on time and so forth. But once it is uh, finished. The days on the market is quite swift. So historically, once the builders finish, how many days does it stay on the market before finding a new buyer? Uh, it's about two and a half months historic. I mean, it, when it's tight market, and that's what it is. Now, for existing home, it's much swifter. But but the builders uh, market. So uh, even though there is cancel contracts, once home is completed, to say it is ready to go, you can move in tomorrow. Uh, at that stage, it is moving uh, quite swiftly by builders' standards. So I want to stay talking about new construction and the how that has fed into our lack of supply that we have right now. Um, there's some statistics that go all the way back to the 1930s that show the new housing starts in the U.S. were about almost always very close to the U.S. population growth up until 2010s and 2020s. And then we saw a tiny amount of housing starts, huge booms in the US population growth. And that all dates back to the recession in 2008. Builders went out of business. They stopped building houses, all of those things. How much longer do you think it'll be before we can catch back up to the already shortage of new homes that didn't get built during those you know, decade and a half so far? Um, so uh, the building activity, uh, as Bobby uh, alluded to, 
uh, we have been greatly underproducing in relation to historical average. Uh, you know, U.S. population growth and how much housing start. And what looks at the data is about 1.5 million as being sort of the average or what is needed. We were greatly under 1.5 million housing unit being built uh, from year 2010 all the way up to pre-COVID. So that is, you know, almost a decade of underproduction. This year, 2022, we just may hit historical average. That does not mean we are back to normal. It just means that we are now reaching back to historical average, but how do we compensate for all this underproduction in the prior 10 years? Uh, so we have to overproduce at least for a few years to truly balance the market condition. Uh, and that's why we have housing shortage. Uh, you know, before COVID, uh, the housing market experienced uh, shortage. We said, we need more inventory, more inventory. But when the COVID hit, of course it flipped our life upside down, but the real estate took off. And when the real estate took off, the, the inventory situation worsened. So the acute shortage that was experienced and hence the double digit price appreciation. Uh, but now the buyers again are being uh, chalked off. Uh, interesting comment from the Federal Reserve the other day, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before uh, when a question was posed, is raising interest rate going to cool the housing market and his response is yes, and I think this is the right way to go. But I would disagree with his comment because the right way to uh, occur was not raising interest rate, but rather increasing supply by bringing additional supply that it would have calmed the housing market with more Americans able to buy a home and become homeowners. So that would have been much preferred. But right now we are in a situation where we are uh, calming the housing market by choking off some of the demand. demand. We're choosing to be reactive instead of proactive. Uh, yeah, that's the way to put it. You know, so we, if we had focused on building uh, and certain something that NAR has been constantly pushing for, and I'm glad uh, Bobby participated at NB, many uh, NAR uh, governance committee to uh, come up with a policy position. And we've been advocating, we need increased supply, we need increased supply, uh, whether trying to make the uh, some of the regulation uh, less burdensome or maybe even changing some of the zoning regulation in certain appropriate places, or even providing some funding or tax credit incentive to repurpose, say, emptying commercial building into residential units, or say homes that are vacant, maybe a few, few dollars into it to remodel, refurbish, then it would be an habitable unit. So all that will increase supply. You know, it's interesting you bring up the rehabbing or repurposing of some buildings. And the last couple of ideas that I've heard people talk about, there's one here in Southern Missouri that they just repurposed an old shoe factory over into 250 different apartments that people can now live in and it's affordable housing for people. And another person's taking a hospital and they're converting that over. And so we have a lot of opportunity to create some, at least temporarily. But I, I want to talk for a moment about let's get some definitions out there because we are, I, I keep seeing social media posts saying the sky is falling. We're freaking out. Ah, real estate's coming to a screeching halt. Okay, let's be honest. Real estate's not coming to a screeching halt. But let's have some little true definitions. What's inflation and why does the government do it? And what is a recession? Uh, so uh, inflation uh, is one looks at what the consumers, ordinary consumers are buying uh, and based on that, they are saying, okay, they are buying the same thing, tomatoes, uh, maybe visiting a doctor's office, uh, getting eyeglasses. So on average, how is this 
cost compared to one year before. And it is up eight and a half percent, which is very high by economist standards, because economists would say 2% inflation, annual inflation would be ideal. Um, but right now it's surpassing 8%. Uh, I sometimes participate in this economic forecasting panel, and they said, how would you grade the Federal Reserve, A, B, C, you know, like a school grade, how would you grade? And my instinct is to say, I want to give it an F because the job of the Federal Reserve is to control inflation, but now inflation is out of control. You know, Federal Reserve is behind the curve. So in that sense, uh, you know, inflation is very high. Um, and I forgot your second question. Uh, so definition of inflation and the second uh, recession. What is a recession? Oh, recession? How do we know when we're in a recession? And is this going to be a bad one? <laughs> uh, so the, the, there's more talk about the recession and the recession is happens generally when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates. So right now they're raising interest rate. They're hoping we can escape a recession, but recession is a possibility. So how do we define it? Well, economists define it as like two consecutive quarters of GDP declines. I mean, there's even more precise definition than that, but that would be what the economists would consider. For ordinary Americans, recession is when they see neighbors lose job. I mean, you know, those, those are the condition when people are losing job is when uh, we would classify it as recession. Yeah, so speaking of losing jobs um, from that, what is our unemployment at right now? And how is that in relation to historically where unemployment is setting in the US? Uh, so unemployment rate is very low uh, today. Uh, it's 3.6% uh, or 3.7%, uh, very, very uh, tight labor market. Even if we were to go into a recession, this would be one of the most unique recession ever because job openings are twice as high as people who are unemployed. Uh, so you are in a situation where there's more job opening than people who are unemployed. Uh, you know, some people took early retirement, uh, but, it, but it's very interesting dynamic that we have a labor shortage. Anyone who walks the main street, they see help want to sign everywhere. And, you know, some people say, well, those are low wage industry. Uh, but even among the jobs, go, people go to say professional business website. You know, they are looking for new accountants. Uh, they are looking for a computer science coder. So it's all mix of job uh, where people, companies are willing to hire at the moment. So uh, interesting situation where unemployment rate is low, job openings are high. So if we were to go into a recession, let's say some of the job openings decline. It's still the case that uh, if people want to find a job, they should be able to find a job. Well, and as they're all doing, I mean, if all else fails, they could just get into real estate, right? <laughs> well, you know, we have seen a, a substantial growth in the realtor membership. And in fact, really? there is a one area where there is no shortage of uh, staffing is in the real estate industry. Uh, we have seen 150,000 new realtors in the past two years. So from the onset of COVID uh, to now, 150,000 new uh, realtors. And I admire their entrepreneurial spirit to say, look, I'm a business person, I wanna give it a try. So I admire that spirit. But the reality is it's a fiercely competitive industry out there. Um, and consequently more realtors trying to fight for the next listing. You know, it is quite, you know, quite a competitive market condition, which means that uh, some realtors will do well, others will be challenged, which is the reason why I always say to the realtors and to the consumers, Find the one that you can trust because somebody who can serve your long-term interest, 
because many successful realtors get their business from referrals and recommendation from friends, family members, business colleagues. So this is serving the consumer's long-term needs. So, yeah, I'm, I just I could just listen to you talk about all these things all day long. Like this is like my favorite type of nerding out that we do. Um, so I get I get really excited about doing this. I was talking to Michelle Dordery right before this. Uh, we, she was talking about she was going to develop a. Uh, Dr. Yoon fan club. And I was like, yes, let's do the Dr. Yoon fan club. It would be amazing. Um, um, another question for you, since we were talking about recessions, a lot of people have a conception in their mind um, that a recession will equal a housing crisis or declining house prices. Um, talk to us about some of the past recessions and did we actually see a price decline during all of those or historically how have recessions reacted to the real estate market? You know, one thing that I uh, scratch my head over is that somehow, at least in America, we seem to go into an economic recession about roughly every 10 years. And usually at the you know, year 2000, we had a recession. Or, you know, 2010, we had a foreclosure crisis recession. In 1990, we had a recession. So interestingly, that like almost every 10 years, we seem to encounter a recession. But home prices actually never decline in other recession, other uh, except for one, which is that financial crisis, subprime lending. And again, thank goodness we don't have subprime lending this time around. So um, housing, because it is a tangible asset and something that people live in, unlike financial asset where people buy and sell quickly, it has much more stability. Uh, so uh, you know, today's fundamental mortgage quality is good. We don't have overbuilding. So, and also inflation also means that people also want to turn, turn towards real estate as a potential inflation hedge. Uh, rents are rising. All these factors implying that the real estate is on the solid foundation. Now, of course, prices could decline 5% or it could increase 5%. You know, I make my projection, you know, just trying to stay within, but I think by December, national median price would be up roughly 5% compared to December of last year. Dr. Yoon, I've got one last question for you. Um, and that's on, I'm sure Bobby's got more, but uh, that's on uh, the absorption rate. So we, we're looking at a lot at supply right now. And in Kansas City, we've been uh, below or just over one month of inventory for a long time. It feels like a long, long time. Uh, traditionally, we've always talked about six months being a balanced marketplace. Can we even realistically say that anymore, that six months is a balanced marketplace? In your mind, what is a balanced marketplace? If we hit three months of inventory, everybody would be freaking out. Uh, so what's balanced in, in your mind at this point? Um, so the balanced market is when home prices rise, uh, roughly in line with consumer price inflation. So if the inflation, again, on their normal times, maybe two or 3%, and home prices would rise about one or two percentage point higher, so about 5%. So inflation is 3%, uh, home prices rise 5%. So when does that occur? Well, when we look at the data, it happens when the month supply is around five or six months, which is the reason why people say, well, that must be a balanced market condition. But one thing that has changed to imply that perhaps today it could be three or four months has been balanced, uh, and that's the internet availability. Uh, as we know, in the past, uh, people want to search for home. They say, okay, let's get in the car and let's see what's out there. 
But today, consumers are doing much of the searching beforehand before getting into the car. So maybe that will reduce some of the month's supply and home prices rising at in a reasonable rate. That makes sense. Um, Dr. Lorenzen, we are coming up to the very end of our time together. And like I said, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, the last question that I always ask every single guest that we have on is, what else? What else should we be talking about? What else should I, we have asked you about? What else do our people need to know in relationship to what's going on in the economy right now? Uh, so I think another factor is that rising mortgage rates are not pleasant. But what is even more detested, especially by the consumers, is rising rents. And they know the rising rents occur this year and again next year and so forth. So I think there are consumers out there to say, look, I'm not happy about higher mortgage rates, but I really don't like this higher rent. So if I can't find a way to buy a home, I want to buy a home. And all indication is that you know, rents will continue to accelerate uh, because uh, now you have more renters than before in a sense that uh, you know, some people are priced out, they are renewing their leases, uh, but some people will figure it out to say, no, I really want to buy a home. They will find uh, the some way. Awesome. I love that thing is I have a positive outlook. I don't think the sky is falling. I think we're all going to be just fine. It's just a different market than we're used to, but, but the market we just came out of was different than we were used to before. It's always changing. It's always cyclical. Just there, there are always opportunities. The opportunities just change sometimes. Yeah. So thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you making time for us and just being a guest with us today. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you.